Welcome in, you guys. It's another week of Choose Selfie. It's your host, Brooke, and we are actually I. It's I today. Um, no, Jesse, I know. Please don't turn it off. Um, I still have an awesome word for you today, and I'm excited that you're here, you're listening, um, and you guys are just blowing me away. Um, I was just looking at a few reports that I get to see. Um, and this podcast is reaching multiple countries throughout the world. And I am so honored and humbled that one technology is even allowing that to happen, but it all comes from God and all comes from him. And I'm just so honored and thankful. And I appreciate you. I, um, I love knowing that, you know, and I'm making an impact for the kingdom and, um, it's just an honor and, I'm just excited. So um, we're going to dive in. We're going to read today out of um, John 9. And I'm sure you guys have heard this story. I think I say that all the time, but um, this was a new um, kind of revelation for me this week as I was diving into um, the Bible story. And I'm going to go ahead and start reading. And you've obviously already read the title for today um, when you clicked in on this podcast um, and you press that play button. The title today is Focusing on the Lack. And we've been talking about focusing for a couple of weeks. I think this is maybe our third week of um, talking about the term focus. And I really wanted to talk about, you know, we've talked about, you know, where is my focus? We've talked about realigning our focus. Um, But I want to speak to the person today that is looking at the lack and you're focusing on what you may not have to bring to the table. You're focusing on um, the things that you don't do well. You're focusing on the areas of your life that you're not pleased with, you're not happy with, you're not satisfied with. You're focusing um, maybe too heavily on the naysay. Uh, You're focusing a little too much on the frustrations. You're focusing too much on the details. Um, that really got me, uh, you know, recently is I just focused way too heavily on the details. And I've always heard people say, you know, the devil's in the details and boy, did, did I catch that revelation? Um, but you're focusing on the lack, the things that you don't have, the, the money that's not there, the relationship that's not there. Um, you know, seeing the son or daughter that hasn't come home and you're focusing so heavily on that and you're burdened and you're frustrated. And I just want to breathe, um, some life into you today and encourage you. Um, I love encouraging people. I love to speak life in people. I have a really hard time with negative people. Um, and, I've recently had to deal with my daughter about this because every text message was like a negative comment. Again, she's 13, so she's going through that stage and I totally get it. I remember being probably in something very similar than that. Just, I was about to say a few short years ago, but it's been quite some time if we're being honest. Um, but I know that she's just going through a change and, um, I'm just like, listen, you have to start thinking positively about things about yourself. Um, we cannot let negativity ruin our lives. And, um, so I have a really hard time with negative people. Um, and so I love to encourage and I love to, if, if I get somebody that's negative and they're just constantly pulling, um, pouring negativity, um, I set that relationship up as a boundary because I don't want that in my life. And, um, I love them where they are and I try to encourage when I can, but listen, we can't change people. That's gotta be the Holy Spirit's job. And so if, if there are people who are negative, just a little, um, you know, guard your heart. If, 
you don't have to allow negativity to come into your life to the point where it overtakes you. You have the ability to set boundaries. And so, um, you know, just focusing on the the lack and that's what we're going to deal with today. And you can find this story in John nine. It's in the, um, we're going to read, we're going to talk about the whole chapter. I'm not going to read it all word for word. Um, so I do challenge you to go ahead and, um, you know, pause it maybe right now and go read that chapter. It's only like 41, uh, verses. So it'll be a really quick read, maybe five minutes. Um, and then come back and listen to the rest of this. So you get a full grasp of what we're talking about today. Okay. Okay. Um, so I want to read just the beginning here because it's really the purpose of this podcast today. So, um, if you guys would look into John nine, it says this walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked rabbi who sinned this man or his parents causing him to be born blind. Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. Okay. So I'm going to pause right there because this is where this whole thing stems from. So we find this man, um, who has been blind his entire life and you know, that's a lack, right? Um, he has had this deficiency. He has had this flaw. He has had this, um, lack of resource. He has had this, you know, you insert what your, you know, situation is. You're not blind today. Um, you may be blind, um, to some things in your life. Um, but put this into your perspective today. I love, I heard someone the other day say something and I'm not going to quote it word for word because I'm not great like that with memory, (laughs) memorizing things, but it was like this gist of, you know, don't let, um, I don't like, as you're reading the Bible, don't read the Bible, let the Bible read you and let it put your, like, put yourself into the Bible. How can it apply to you? And when I find things like this, the blind man, I think about, you know, what is blind in my life? What are, what is something that I feel, um, you know, I don't have, or I lack of, or a flaw or a frustration, or, you know, what is something in my life or what can I, you know, from people around me's lives, what could I put in there to really make me understand what uh, Jesus is trying to say here? And he's literally telling them, listen, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You know, it doesn't matter. It's not about whose parent sinned or if he sinned. That's not, has nothing to do with it. You're focusing on the wrong thing. You're looking for someone to blame. And a lot of us are looking for someone to blame with situations that we have. You know, we, um, you know, we go through a lot of really bad moments in our life, you know, where we had no control over but you know, people may have done something really bad to us. Um, we may have, we may be in a situation where we, you know, aren't flourishing financially and we're looking at those situations and, and we're saying, you know, it's my parents fault. They didn't invest in me enough. Or, you know, I have this, um, condition because I got it from my mom or my dad, or, you know, I just wasn't raised right. So this is why I'm this way. And we're looking for that scapegoat, right? We're looking for someone to blame. And Jesus is saying, listen, you're putting your focus on the wrong thing. And I love that because he wants us to stop blaming. He wants us to stop blaming, you know, people, you know, reasons, moments in our lives. So many people walk through life 
and they're just constantly blaming other people for where they're at. Like at some point you have to take ownership and responsibility for where you are. It doesn't matter how much money you were raised in. It doesn't matter um, what kind of life you had. It doesn't matter what happened to you when you were a child. All of those things are bad. And I hate that some people have gone through some really horrific things, but God is great and his mercy and grace is everlasting. And there is fresh mercy for you today. And the more that you're focusing on the lack and you're focusing on the blaming of something or someone, you're not going to be able to understand the revelation and the places that God wants to take you. You have to change your perspective. You have to have that mind shift. That's a hard thing. But once you shift your perspective and you have a mind change and you start focusing on good, right? Um, that's where God can take you in we're going to find out, perform a miracle for you, for you and for your life. Um, and so I'm going to continue on. It says here, there is no such cause and effect here. And then it says this, look inside or look instead for what God can do. Look instead for what God can do. This is what he's telling you when you have a perspective change. Okay. Um, I want you to look. Okay. And if you noticed in the title, I, put like an acronym. I think that's the word. Super embarrassed if it's not, but super real moment. Okay. I'm just human. Um, acronym L and then like a period, a period C. Period K. I want you to look, if you find yourself focusing on the lack or the thing that you don't have, I want you to first look. Okay. L I want you to look instead at what God can do. We find that right here in scripture. Y'all it is biblical. Look instead for what God can do. He says, quit looking at where to put your blame or where to put your, you know, where to try to get out of it. Quit looking at the things that don't matter. Quit focusing on the things that you don't have. Look instead for what God can do. Where's your perspective? What are you focusing on? Can you change the way that you're looking at a situation? You know, I'm miserable. Okay. You're valid in your feelings, right? We all have miserable days and it is a valid point, a valid feeling, but instead, can you look instead what God can do? Do you believe that he can take you from here to there? Do you believe that he can make you into the person that he's created you to be? Or do you think he's just going to leave you and let you suffer? You know, do you believe, do you truly believe in God's power? There are no limits. He has no boundaries. He doesn't look up and say, oh, nope, she's way too far gone. I cannot. Oh, nope. That's a line I can't cross. Absolutely not. He can do anything. And so quit focusing on what you don't have and focus on what he has. Okay. And so I'm going to continue reading here. Um, it says, look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here working while the sun shines. When night falls, the work day is over for as long as I am in the world, there's plenty of light. I am the world's light. So this is Jesus telling, um, his disciples like, listen, this is what you need to do. First, you need to look at instead of what I can do. It's not about the situation or what you don't have. 
And then he says, I want you to be energetically at work. And so my A today for you is actively pursue kingdom work. Even when you're in lack and even when you don't have what you think you need to reach a goal, a dream, a plan, a promise, even when you're not seeing signs of your son or daughter coming home, even when you don't see the signs that your husband loves you, even when you don't have the money to support the vision, actively pursue kingdom work. That's like Jesus basically telling like, listen, just because you're lacking doesn't give you an out. You can't stop. Instead, I want you to actively pursue. I want you to be active and energetic and excited about doing kingdom work. Just because you have a lack or a frustration, it doesn't mean you can stop. It doesn't mean you can press the pause button. It doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't mean you quit. There are, you cannot quit. There's no option to quit. You have to keep moving forward. I love it. I love that because we find it so clear, even in today's culture, usually when you're busy, you don't have time to think about the lack. And I think that's kind of a, a great analogy for what he's trying to say here. What Jesus is trying to tell his disciples, like, listen, if you're going to sit and you're going to press the pause button and you're going to have time to think about all of the things that you don't have, you're going to be depressed. You're going to, you're going to stop. You're not going to do what you're supposed to do. But instead, I want you to be busy doing kingdom work. I want you to continue doing what I've called you to do. Your lack means nothing. It's not an out. It's not a way for you to say, Oh, I can't go because of these things. Oh, I can't believe anymore because I'm not seeing it happen today. That's not an option for you, my friend. It's not an option. Um, And so we're going to continue reading on here. He said this. So Jesus said all of this stuff to the disciples. And then he spit in the dust, made a clay paste with the saliva, rubbed the paste on the blind man's eyes and said, go wash at the pool. The man went and washed and saw. So what happens here is a cleansing. The man is blind, right? Jesus spits in some in some dirt, super nasty, um, takes the mud, you know, makes a clay paste and then rubs this blind man's eyes and tells him to go cleanse himself in the pool And so the man goes. And so I'm going to continue reading on just this little part here. It says, soon the town was buzzing. His relatives and those who year after year had seen him as a blind man begging were saying, why isn't this man the man we knew who sat here and begged? Others said, it's him. All right. But others objected. It's not the same man at all. It just looks like him. He said, it's me, the very one. They said, how did your eyes get opened? A man named Jesus made a paste and rubbed it on my eyes and told me to go and wash. I did what he said. When I washed, I saw. Now, that had to take some obedience, right? Super weird, super nasty. But the man obeyed, listened and obeyed, and went and washed 
and he was cleansed from all of the lack that he had. And so my C for you today is this, clear your blurred vision. Clear your blurred vision. You know, there is so many, life is just so hard and and things just get thrown at us and it causes us to see things differently. It causes us to have just a, a misunderstanding of, of, you know, of plans and purposes and, and the way things are supposed to be. And if, if you're not daily being cleansed by God's power and his anointing and his presence, if you're not allowing him room into your lack, right? If you're not allowing him to come in and cleanse you every day, cleanse your mind, cleanse your soul, cleanse your heart. Um, you know, I love David when he says in Psalms, you know, cleanse my heart, Lord, purify me from the inside out. I want to be all that you have for me. Um, you know, that's the heart that we have to have. You know, I may not see your way at this moment and my vision is a little blurry. I may not fully understand what you have for me. I may, you know, I'm trying to squint and see, but it's really, I'm just unsure of what, where I'm supposed to be, or I'm just unsure. I just don't see how all the pieces are going to work together. My vision is just, it's blurry and it's clouded. And Jesus says, let me cleanse you. Let me clear that vision that has been clouded from the world and from naysayers and from people with negativity. Let me cleanse you. The only way he can cleanse you, my friends, is if you allow him to. If you allow him to. If you believe and allow and obey, he can clear your blurred vision. He can take away those things that you see as lack. And he can show you a new way, a new light. So the uh, story goes on. I'm not going to read the rest of this word for word, but it kind of just goes on like different kind of communications between the Pharisees and talking to the blind man. And they're like, you know, um, like, who do you think that this man is that did this to you? Right. And the blind man's like, I, th- I don't know. I think he's a prophet. I'm not really sure. Um, and the, the Jews didn't believe him. And so they went to his parents and they tried to get some you know, truth to see if this was actually the man that was blind. And the parents say, yes, indeed, the man was blind. That is my son. But I I don't know how, you know, how it happened. And they were trying to not say that they believe in Jesus because um, the Pharisees are wanting to, they obviously are trying to condemn Jesus and and they don't like what he's doing. And so um, I'm going to pick up here in verse, let's see, 24. And this is the Pharisees. They called the man back a second time, the man who had been blind, and told him, give credit to God. We know this man is an imposter. And he replied, I know nothing about the one way or the other, but I know one thing for sure. I was blind. I now see. I was blind. I now see. I know one thing for sure. I was blind. And I now see, and my K for you today is so simple. It's know the truth, you know, know the truth. When you feel like you're in lack and you feel like you don't have the things you need to do the job at hand, know truth, know the truth. You know, he didn't fully understand who he was at that point. He didn't know 
if he was the Messiah, he said, maybe, I don't know, maybe he was a prophet. I don't know. I just, one thing I know though, is I was blind and now I see. No truth. How do we know truth? By reading God's word, right? And allowing him to cleanse us. And I do want to read one more thing because there's a part here where the blind man talks to Jesus. And after the blind man says, you know, I, I was blind, I now see, um, they kind of like jump all over him and, and start throwing accusations at him, calling him dirt, all of this stuff. And they threw him out on the street. And then in verse 35, it says, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and went and found him. He asked him, do you believe in the son of man? The man said, point him out to me, sir, so that I can believe in him. Jesus said, you're looking right at him. Don't you recognize my voice? Master, I believe, the man said and worshiped him. Jesus then said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day making all the distinctions clear so that those who have never seen will see and those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. And it says some Pharisees overheard him and said, does that mean you're calling us blind? Jesus said, if you were really blind, you would be blameless. But since you claim to see everything so well, you're accountable for every fault and failure. And I mean, I don't know. I think that's so powerful. You know, he says, you know, point him out so I can see and I can believe. And Jesus said, you're looking right at him. You're looking at him and you don't even recognize. You know, we have to be so careful. You know, where our focus is, what we're looking at. Some of us are looking at him and we can't even see him. We don't even recognize him. We see, you know, we're looking at miracles every single day and we don't even know. And, um, we just have to know his truth. We have to look instead at what God can do. Actively pursue kingdom work, clear your blurred vision and know the truth. Whenever you find yourself lack, whenever you find yourself thinking about the lack or focusing on the lack in your life, focusing on the negative, focusing on the things you don't have. I want you to look instead at what God can do. I want you to actively pursue the kingdom work. Keep doing things. Allow God to cleanse you and clear that vision that's been blurred. And you have to know the truth. You have to remind yourself of what God says. What does God say about lack? Does anybody know what God says about lack? This is one of my absolute favorite scriptures. It's 2 Corinthians 12. And it says... Um, let's see. I think it's 12. I'm reading the message and you know how they like break up paragraphs. I think it's verse 12 maybe, or maybe nine through 12. Um, it says this, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. So what does that mean? What you're lacking is an opportunity for God to show up. And to use his strength. Your lack is an opportunity for God's great work to be on display. When you look at the lack that you're looking at and you're focusing on it, 
Can't you see that that's an opportunity for God to show up and to do some crazy things for you? And it goes on to say, once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. Come on, all of those things are very much uh, true in today's world. Abuse so much abuse that has gone on verbally, emotionally, physically, accidents that may have happened to you, opposition that we encounter from people, from naysayers, from negativity. Anybody ever had a bad break in their life where you're just like, can this just stop? I feel like I'm being attacked from literally every angle. All of those limitations that cut me down That's when I let Christ take over, y'all. It says, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Quit focusing on the handicap, my friends, and appreciate the gift. Appreciate that in those limitations, Christ can be made known. In your lack He gets glory. That's a perspective change. That's a mindset change. That is what I want you to understand today. Quit focusing on the lack, the L-A-C-K. And focus on God's strength. And when you see your lack, get excited, right? Get pumped up, y'all. He's about to do something so great that like when people look at it, they're going to be like, oh, that had to be God. And you're like, yeah, it had to be God. I couldn't have done it on my own. There's no way. I wasn't born into a super rich family. You know, I wasn't born into all of the wealth. I wasn't born into prosperity. I wasn't born into all of this, but look what God did in my lack. He showed up, he showed off and he gets every ounce of glory. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you that there's an opportunity for us to come together and just learn about your word. I love the story in John 9. God, I love that you take blindness. You take areas of our life that we're blind in. You take areas of our life that we lack in, that we don't have you know, that fulfillment or that fullness in, and you show up in those moments and in those situations. And God, I thank you for that. You don't leave us in our lack. Help us to quit focusing on that lack, God. Help us to quit focusing on that being something that we don't have, you know, that's not a great thing and that we can't do anything with. That's where you work the best. You take the small things and make them big. You take the the flaws and let them flourish. You take all of the nasty stuff that's happened to us. You take our ashes and you turn them into beauty. That's what you do. And I thank you for that. And I pray that you breathe fresh hope and excitement and energy and and word into your people that are listening today. God, remind them that in our weakness, you are made strong. Help us, Father, to just remember that in order to accomplish our purpose, in order to fulfill the plan that you have for us, we have to do it with you because we're weak. 
we know we're weak. We know we have flaws. We know we have faults of our own. And we know we can't do it unless you are made strong in us. And so I, I'm i excited, God, for what you're going to do in my lack. I'm excited for the, the things that I bring to the table that are nothing because you make them something. And remind my friends that today as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, share this with someone. I'm so thankful for your listen. I'm thankful for your shares. I'm thankful for your monetary support. You guys are the bomb. And I literally, I don't want to do this without you. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.